Well, tonight, as we continue on through Proverbs, and as uh, Keith also mentioned uh, last week, we have a father figure here in Solomon who is relaying to his sons about dangers that are going on in the world, okay? And so I want to kind of frame it uh, by opening up and just uh, as we do dive into uh, this topic of uh, sexual immorality, adultery, uh, these are not uh, topics uh, that we speak about a lot, uh, but it is very necessary uh, as the scripture gives way uh, to it that we do speak of it tonight. And uh, as we frame this out, um, let's just go to a very casual situation. Let's say I'm at Walmart with uh, at the neighborhood market. That's the only one I'll go to. I will not go to the big boys. Um, but I'm at the neighborhood Walmart here on Cherry Road, okay? And I'm walking in, and uh, as I am walking in, I enter into the produce section, uh, and there is a lady there who is not my wife who gives me a nice big smile, and I continue to walk on through Walmart, and I remember that nice big smile. And I say, huh, I wonder if I'm going to see her again on a different aisle. Maybe this time I could speak a word to her, or she could speak to me. Or maybe we'll leave at the same time, and we could stand and speak in the parking lot. Or maybe possibly go get a drink. I'm in no rush. Right? And of course, I hope you know uh, from my character, this is a hypothetical situation that I am playing out for you here tonight. But how easily something like that can become so casual and what our culture is trying to feed us that it's okay. And so Solomon warns here to his son about this seductive behavior. Simple things that we think can be gratifying in the moment but can lead to utter destruction and destroy the marriage that you are in or about to be in. And so we need to uh, make sure that we approach this in a reality of how God is not going to speak of something that we do not need to hear. And I'm just going to speak on chapter 5, but he speaks on this in chapter 5, 6, and 7, basically the whole time, okay? But I'll be in chapter 5 the whole time, okay? So first we go in, and as we kind of know uh, what the uh, Scripture is going to be speaking of tonight, 
what, what we're going to get a warning of in these first eight verses is a father saying, don't fall into this. Beware. Here's a warning for your heart. So read with me uh, in Proverbs chapter 5, and I'm going to read over to verse 8. It says, My son, be attentive to my wisdom, incline your ear to my understanding, that you may keep this discretion and your lips may guard knowledge. For the lips of a forbidden woman drips honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as woodworm, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps follow the path to Sheol. She does not ponder the path of life. Her ways wander, and she does not know it. And now, O oh son, listen to me, and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Keep your way far from her, and do not go near the door of her house. And so, as we think of this, um, this these things that he is saying, be attentive to my wisdom. And so he is passing this wisdom off. And sadly for Solomon, he is passing it on in experience. As we see over in 1 Kings where he has all of these wives and all of these concubines, and we see all of this that Solomon has fallen into, sadly his wisdom is coming from experience. And so, but we need to pay attention to the wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding that you may keep discretion. Discretion. Think about that. The definition of the discretion. The quality of behaving or speech, speaking in such a way as to avoid causing offense or reviling private information. And so keep that discretion. Because for me personally, if I'm going to be behaving in such a manner to provide offense, who is that offense going to go to first and foremost for me? It's going to go to Amber. That's where it first leaks out. It's going to hit in that household. And so we must keep discretion and avoid any kind of defense. The example that I'm talking about at Walmart, would I have even thought of a smile if my wife had been with me? We got to think about these things, these things that that we try to downplay, in a sense, to not be an offense. Whether it be coarse joking, whether it be just a thought in our mind, 
Right? Jesus breaks this down and he says, no, if you lust in your heart, he ups the ante in the Sermon on the Mount. And we have to keep this discretion that God is warning us about here. It says, and your lips may guard knowledge. Because when flirting and anything inappropriate takes place, it first comes with your mouth, doesn't it? How we speak to other people, whether it be to belittle them or whether it be in a sexual manner, this tongue, what does it, what does it talk about? It is a untamable, right? It's like a fire that ignites and then sets the whole forest on fire. It's like the rudder of a boat that can steer it one way or the other. Oh, these are just innocent texts. Oh, these likes that I continue to go to in this specific person to make sure that they always know that they get my approval. Guys, these are dangers that we can fall into as the people of God, whether we are married or not. And so he says in verse 3, For the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than all. But in the end, she is bitter as woodworm, sharp as a two-edged sword. And so as we think of this like honey and oil, I know back in the day we used to grow up, I mean, you never took your car to the shop. You always changed your own oil, right? And so you would change it. And if you got that oil on you, it went everywhere if it touched you. Right? You had to have a rag immediately there that you would try to wipe it off with. But this stuff, it would just coat unless you had something to pour it off of. Right? You ever make your kid a peanut butter and honey sandwich? Guess what? If it gets out a little bit out of that little bear that you're squeezing to put it on there with, right? If it gets a little out of control, what do you do? You're out at work or an hour later and you're like... <laughs> What in the world do I have on me, right? And it just takes a simple little nick. Well, know that this is what we are falling into. These are not just casual looks. These are not just comments that are innocent. These are things that stick and ruin who we are in Christ and lead us straight to destruction. It doesn't clean up really well. Okay? So as it goes on, it says, But the end, she is bitter as woodworm, sharp as a two-edged sword. Okay? When, when woodworm would be a plant that makes things so bitter, and not like a bitter, like you just kind of spit it out, oh, my coffee's a little bitter, let me add a little more sugar. No, this is talking about a bitter that is like poisonous. 
Okay, when in Revelation, when he's actually talking about destroying the earth, he talks about woodworm, and it destroys a third of the water that is on the face of the earth. It is undrinkable, unusable, this woodworm. And think of this with a double-edged sword. What else is used to describe a double-edged sword? that pierces and rightly, when it's rightly divided. Well, what about when this sword is not being used rightly? It's still doing that damage. It is still getting down into the bone. And what happens if you're stabbed with a double-edged sword? more than likely you're going to die. All you got to do is nick the right artery. Doesn't have to be somewhere, right? And so we see this danger. Her feet go down to death. Her steps follow the path of Sheol. She does not ponder the path of life. Her ways wander And she does not know it. And now, O son, listen to me. And do not depart from the words of my mouth. Keep your way from her. And do not go near the door of her house. And so we see this lady folly who is trying to lead these sons away, who doesn't even know her path. And he's like, please, don't even go around her. Don't even stand at her house. Don't do anything. Disassociate yourself. It is evil. It is wickedness. Depart from it. And Proverbs 1, right? Blessed is the man who does not walk in the council, stand, and then sit, right? This is what he's saying here, right? Don't entertain it with a little walk. Don't stop and have a conversation with it. And sure, don't sit down with them And have a conversation. Something that you should be doing with your husband or your wife. These are wicked, wicked things that lead to nothing but destruction. And we see this. We're going to see this in twofold. We're going to see it in the physical manner here on this earth. And then we're going to see it eternally. At the end. So read with me 9 through 14 and then we'll jump over to 21 through 23. Lest you give your honor to others and your years to the merciless. Lest strangers take her fill of your strength and your labor goes to the house of a foreigner. And at the end of your life you groan when your flesh and body are consumed. And you say... 
How I hated discipline and my heart despised reproof. I did not listen to the voice of my teachers or incline my ear to my instructors. I am at the brink of utter ruin in the assembled congregation. Then verse 21. For a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his paths. The iniquities of the wicked ensnare him, and he is held fast in the cords of his sin. He dies for lack of discipline, and because of his great folly, he is led astray guys do you see this on this earth how it just leads to such destruction how it just changes the way we even view things and in our culture it can start with something as simple as a click of the mouse an ad that we're seeing. And then it does nothing but lead to more and more destruction. And you hear him here, he cries out, and I see these like exclamation points, and it just breaks my heart. He's in, it, in here, trapped so deeply within his sin. He's like, how I hated discipline and my heart despised reproof. There were people there who tried to walk alongside him or her and say, this is not the way, but he hated that discipline. She hated that discipline, that reproof. And now he or she is so deep within it that they don't even feel like there's a way out. And how treacherous is it when we become so entangled in sin that we feel like there is no way out. No way out. Trapped in sin of sexual immorality since they were a teenager. 50, 60 year old men and women who are trapped because they saw a magazine when they were 12. They've been trapped in this longer. then they've been a believer. Where is the hope? Where do we turn to? Where do we see this hope of how detrimental this is? Our parents have not talked to us about this. We have left it up to friends. 
or talking to them one time and said the talk and giving each other high fives as Christians. This needs to be constantly upon our lips to show them the beauty of this gift that God has given us in physical intimacy but with that one person that he has called us to be with for life. And jump with me over to 15 through 20. He pleads with his son and says, Drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well. Should you, your spring be scattered abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them be yourself alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breast fill you at all times with delight be intoxicated always in her love how do we fight against this not say sex is bad don't do it it's evil don't look at it don't think about it don't do this nope nope stop no no but see the beauty in the gift that he has given us. But have it to be with that one that you have been called to in marriage. Don't let your stream run out in the street. Drink from your own cistern. Allow your husband and wife to know how much you love them. Right? Let them know how precious they are, how beautiful they are, how much you hear them, how valuable they are. Let them know it. That there is no one like her or no one like him. You are irreplaceable. But we know how this happens. We cannot do this alone as us just trying hard. Or this being brought to the forefront of your mind tonight. But this has to be through the Holy Spirit which has been given to us as believers through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ because it is impossible, impossible without him at the center of it. In my house without Jesus Christ, I would sleep on the couch every night. Without Jesus Christ, I would stay in a man cave or out in my yard 
without Jesus Christ. I would only want what gratified me and would not lay my life down if it were not for Jesus Christ and Him alone. It is not dependent upon our bodies. It is not dependent upon our minds. It is dependent upon Jesus Christ and who your body is for and who your mind is for. This is ravaging our land, guys. It is destroying our families. I refuse to allow this to happen. And God is on our side and He refuses to allow this to happen. People of God, stand up. Love your wives as Christ loved the church. Submit to your husbands. Support him. Respect him. Love one another in Christ Jesus. And he will get the honor and glory. And is that not why he gave us marriage? Because it's a beautiful picture of the gospel. Let's don't be a people that survive. Let's be a people that thrive. Pray with me. Father, I love you. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your kindness. I thank you for your people who I can see it on them, just desire to fight for you, to fight for one another. Lord, strengthen us. As the Father of mercy that you truly are. Lord, we love you so much. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.